Well, good morning, everyone. And uh, you've already heard, uh, before I open the word and we get into it a little bit, you've heard a little bit about the prayer and fasting that we're launching. It begins today. Uh, and there are two ways to participate. The first one is to simply sign up and join with us. The ushers are going to bring up a clipboards to send around. Sign up, put your name, your contact information in there. And basically, that's a commitment that you're making together with us to join us together as a body of Christ in committing our lives, our church, our city, our country, our nation to God. We're getting serious starting out 2020, amen? And so that's the first way. The second way is back on the table, back in the back, there are sign-up sheets where you can sign up to participate in a once-per-week small group gathering where we're going to get spend some time together in prayer. Uh, and we're going to talk about that a little later too, right? We're going to talk about that a little more. But as those goes around, please consider signing up to join us. So as I fumble with my computer here, 2020, the beginning of a new year, the beginning of a new decade. Our brother, Glenn, gave us a challenge several weeks ago to speak on this first Sunday of this new decade on the theme, New Year, New You. New Year, New You. And so we're going to look at that this morning through three different lenses. The lens of Dan, <laughs> the lens of Matt, and the lens of Lance. We're going to look at it three different ways, but I don't know about you. Matt was up here and he says, I'm excited, and I am too. God's doing a new thing. Did you know that? God is doing a new thing. New year, new you. New. God is doing something new. New in time and new in quality. Why do we, how can we say that with such assurance? Because that's what God does. God does things that are new, not things that are decaying. The question here this morning really is, will we see it and will we enter into it? That's the question this morning. Will we enter into what God is doing? And the lens I'd like to look at this through this morning I call new creation. New creation. Romans 5.1 says this. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God. I just want to stop right there. <laughs> we have peace with God. I can't stay here because I have like nine minutes left, right? <sighs> but that's the word the Lord has given me for the year, peace. We have peace with God. Why? Because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Verse 2, because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. I mean, amazing. This is what God has done in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person, 
The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. Anyone who belongs to Christ, anyone means anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person, new in time, new in quality. The old life is gone. My timeline, the timeline of my history is gone. I'm now in a new timeline, a timeline of Jesus Christ. A new life has begun. And this is the truth, whether we feel like it or not. Look at these pictures they're going to bring up onto the screen. This artwork that you're seeing on the screen is created by the artist. The artist fashions a sculpture, a beautiful sculpture, and then drops it on the ground, and it shatters. Then the artist puts it back together using gold in the seams. A devotion writer who was weaving these scriptures that I read to you with this artwork wrote this, God's good creation had hurled itself headlong into destruction. Can you relate? Yeah, I will. Can I say it again? Yes. God's good creation had hurled itself headlong into destruction, breaking and fracturing family and kin, creation and creator, groaning for wholeness, the creation waits for its artisan God to come and look with loving gaze to apply his creative art to restore what we have broken. Under his careful eye and steady hands, the Father will turn each piece about, carefully held for the remaking, for the remaking. And like the broken ceramic in God's work of reconciliation, can you keep, yeah, you got it. In God's work of reconciliation, the traces of the break become a source of beauty and strength. The blood of the sun that binds the creation back together shines brightly in the fissure, tracing where once there was wound. Is that beautiful? Shattered, broken, but remade. For all who are suffering and sorrowing, here today, for all that are groaning in brokenness, wondering, why? For all that are afraid, viewing the decay in our society, our nation, our world. For all who are crying, oh Lord, how long? For all who are judging yourselves and you, you've come up short, 
for all who are deeply wounded and believe they can never heal. And for all who are longing for spiritual revival personally and in this church and city, the fractures are not final. They are the locus of Christ's working. Are you with me? It's there in the brokenness where the blood of Jesus Christ is making the difference. And it's there, it's there where the miracles are seen. The wounds are not disqualifying, but rather becoming testimonies of redemption. The waiting is not forever. The artist is at work. God has done and is doing a reconciling and redemptive work. 2 Corinthians 5, 18. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sin against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. You and I, as we walk out into the world broken and seamed but filled with Christ, are carrying a glorious message. God is calling wounded and flawed people like you and me who are in the process of being repaired and renewed day by day to participate with him in sharing this message of hope and peace. It's the blood of Christ that shines from the broken places in our lives. It does not need to be hidden. We don't have to be ashamed. <laughs> no more. It is something to be embraced by trusting Him. Father, Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. As your children, Father, teach us the way of peace. Give us the grace to see that fractures in me and in my fellow man are not final. And the patience to watch, to wait, and to learn as you practice your art. Amen. Now let's hear what the Lord's given Brother Matt. Thanks, Dan. That was 13 minutes. Just kidding. I was, I don't know. <laughs> it's a great encouragement. Um, so yeah, part of what I wanted to talk about, I started to talk about already, which is that this year, this new year, often comes with hope for many. It comes with anticipation. And often um, we think of New Year's resolutions. So I don't want to talk about resolutions because if I do, Somebody in this room or on the line, as they say, will remind me that 25% of New Year's resolutions only live to 30 days, ripe old age of 30 days, and only 8% of them are actually attained. So we're going to talk about goals instead of resolutions, and I'm going to land on one goal. The first, um, I want to like summarize some things that, that are familiar for us and that are good. Fitness goals. Are they good? I think they are. 
I mean, how many's had a conversation about keto lately? Is keto like I can't get away from it? Everybody's keto. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not. For the record, I'm not keto. I'll always remember a conversation I had with a pulmonologist who looked me in the eye, and he's a sleep, a sleep therapist. So he's the one that's passing out these machines to everybody. He's like, every American could stand to lose 10 pounds, you know, and I didn't think I fit in that category, but he looked down at me and said, you too. You'd sleep better if you did. So fitness goals are familiar and they're good. Financial goals. Debt payoff is often a goal for, for, for people. Um, being more generous. How about starting a business or a ministry? Financial goals are something we start our, our new year off with, and, and they're good. Um, rest goals. This is something that a year ago at this time I felt like I came in front of and don't feel like I succeeded super well at it, but like making room for Sabbath is a goal that, that is, is a, good, a good, good goal to have. Um, a statistic that we shared one day at the pastoral team was like 85% of the time you get with your kids happens between ages, you know, birth and 18. Like, that, let that sink in for a minute. It flies by. And so much can happen when you're just resting with your kids. So much good can happen. So make time for rest. Um, relational goals. Uh, you know, there's, there's lots of ways to connect socially. There's lots of ways to be in relationship with people. And sometimes you want to be more intentional about that. Um, some relationships are not working. They're toxic. They're not healthy for you. So maybe you need to address that. Um, and there's lots of ways to look at how you manage your, your relational time and, and make goals around that. Uh, the last one I have on my list, which isn't meant to be an all-inclusive list, but I, I have something called information management. I wanted to put that instead of time management because I can't manage time. Time is what it is. <laughs> it's the same for everybody, and it is what it is. Um, but if you look at this chart, I think this is really helpful. And I love it because we like to beat up millennials. I don't, but it feels like they get beat up a lot. They get picked on a lot. So this guy describes himself as an, an aging millennial. And I think this is a brilliant piece of information that Mr. Uh, Pastor Brett McCracken has put together. He's an author and an editor. But he put together this chart, uh, which I, I call it's a way to manage information. Um, the base of it is the Bible. If we're going to think about what we consume, we should start with the Bible. Next is the church, rhythms, um, being with people. He says, wise people in a physical place, <laughs> proximity, close to people, time-tested theology. Um, the next one is nature and beauty. Uh, next to that is, is the arts is listed. I loved what Dan did with his lesson. He, he used the arts to drive home that point. It's easy to get lost not in the arts when you're stuck on this thing. Um, books. In small print, you'll see uh, it says more old books than new. Great books and read from a broad array of books. The next is the internet. Google Wikipedia as needed. Focus on trusted sort sources. Be sure and prioritize. And then the last is social media. Uh, try to learn to live without it. Too much is bad for overall health is what he has at the top. Now, I will qualify this by saying I found this on Twitter. <laughs> but my goal, like yours, is to make sure I find these nuggets in the most efficient way. My, my other goal is to say it's not bad. 
These things aren't bad. It's just right proportions, right? So goals are great. Goals are wonderful. And, and, and all, everything that I feel like I've covered is, is helpful and good. But I'd love to orient it around a verse, which I think is helpful. Philippians uh, chapter 1, verses 20 and 21. I'm going to read it to you. It says, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. In these verses, Paul reminds us that our ultimate goal is that Christ will be exalted in my body, no matter what the cost. Context here, Paul's writing from prison in this, in this letter, and he's expecting his death soon. So these are kind of like, you know, potential deathbed, you know, spiritual father, what would you have to say to me? This is what he's saying. No matter what, Christ is going to be glorified in me. And this is a very personal letter he's writing to the first church he founded, in which the first convert was a woman, Lydia. I think all these details are so interesting. And it was a healthy church. It wasn't what would be described in, as, a, as a, a screwed up New Testament church. It was a healthy church. But he was reminding them to make the main thing the main thing. A note for further study, because we don't have time now, would be Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11, which if you've, if you've been at this church at all, you've heard uh, Pastor Glenn and others preach on this many times. It's, it's described as the hymn of Christ, talking about how Jesus lived. So for further study this week, I'd encourage you to go back and, and dig into that. But what I'm going to do now is make a, make a pitch for prayer and fasting, because I think the timing of all this Everybody that's listening right now and, and is going to walk away with, like, what can I do? I think it's so good because we are in that mode of making goals and setting a, a, our attention for 2020. And so I'm going to invite you to jump into prayer and fasting with us so that Christ might be exalted in our bodies. I, I don't know where you line up with that. You might say, what, is, where, what, what can I do? What's prayer and fasting? I, I got to work, okay? I can't walk around in a daze for three days. You know, i got to be able to articulate words and think, or, or I don't know that I could do this or do that. So if you want ideas or tips, grab one of us. There's going to be resources online. There's going to be things made available to you. But what I believe God truly wants in this is a broken, willing, contrite heart before him. A spirit that's willing to say, whatever you have for me is what I want. And that might mean giving up one piece of food that is just your go-to thing. You know, one author I read says, uh, taking king's stomach off the throne. And again, this is not going to be a legalistic thing. But what I would love is for 100% participation. I would love for us all to be able to say, we did something for a day. We did something for 21 days in some way to engage. And the reason is, is because I am so convinced the Lord is going to speak to you. I'm just so convinced of it. I'm so convinced he's going to speak to me. I'm so excited about this. This has been on our radar since November, coming into December, and it's like it's finally here. And what I know 100% is that if he speaks to me and he speaks to Pastor Glenn and everybody in this room, he's going to do something. It starts with one. Many of the amazing revivals, many of the amazing renewals in the church started with one or two people on their knees just sacrificing and surrendering 
and living in a way like Christ lived in Philippians 5, uh, or 2, verses 5 through 11. So the last thing I want to say before I pass to Lance is to say, if you're not optimistic about this year, this might be a drag right now. You might be seeing another, you know, excited Christian yelling at me on New Year's Eve, just lay me alone kind of thing. I'm just inviting you to just open your heart. I'm inviting your heart to, say, to, to remind you that God knows what you need. He knows right where you are. He loves you right where you are. All he wants to do is commune with you. This week, we had a 10-year-old in our bed. We were in the ER on Monday because one of our daughters had cellulitis, and she wasn't doing well with the medicine. And I can tell you that, like, never is there, like, my, my hand is on Allison, her, her leg in bed. And now there's, like, a 10-year-old because we're trying to, life with kids, I guess. But, it, like, it felt like it was a million miles over to where she was. And I hated it. I didn't like that person between her and me. And so I'm saying, like, whatever, like, like, I feel like I think about the Lord, and he just wants to commune with you. He doesn't want anything between you and him. And fasting and prayer, together we can encourage each other and make sure that there's nothing between you and him, and we can grow together. So I'm going to say a quick prayer before I pass it to Lance. Lord, I pray that these words that have been spoken so far would, would, would land in willing hearts, and that we would do as Paul did, which is to say to you, may Christ be exalted in my life. No matter what happened, that's the main goal. Let all these other goals that are good, good goals just orient around that one main goal. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Isn't this good? It's good stuff this morning. Psalm 61 is where, 62, verse 1, is where I want to camp this morning. Um, each year, we're encouraged as a pastoral team to pick a word for the year. How many other people do that, too? You just kind of like focus in on a word. Sometimes it's one or two, maybe even three different words. My word for this year is, um, is patience, patience, and rest, and um, learning all about those different things. And so Psalm 62 is just a really great anchoring verse for me um, to share with you and for me to live out this year, 2020. And so if you want, you can turn there in your Bibles um, real quick. It's real simple, um, just a few words. But I want to start out by saying that life is filled with ups and downs, but the hardest part is the in-between times. How many agree with that this morning? You know, living in between hellos and goodbyes, living in between promises and fulfillments, living in between job changes, living in between at my age, um, you know, caring for your underage kids and your aging parents at the same time, you know, amen. And also living between, you know, just in that in between, I almost wanted to call this message instead of living in between times, um, stuck happens. You know, because it does. You know, sometimes you just get stuck in those places, and it, it can be just like, God, where are you? It's kind of like what Matt was saying, where, you know, he felt like Allison was a million miles away there. Where do you feel like you're currently living in between times right now? I wrote down a few. Maybe it's a challenge in your marriage, a dating relationship, um, infertility, parenting struggle, work. I want to encourage you 
to put this psalm into practice as we enter into this 21 days of prayer and fasting. The psalm, psalmist um, wrote, King David wrote, For God alone my soul waits in silence. For God alone my soul waits in silence. There was a lot of chaos around David. His enemies were after him. They wanted to topple him as king. Not only um, did they want to topple him and bring him down from his throne, they also wanted to murder David. One of his enemies was even his own son, Absalom. And what a, what a place to be, you know, with all this chaos, these enemies pursuing him, evil individuals wanting his death. You know, I, I just turned 47 years old. And there's probably been some people that have not liked me over the last 47 years. But praise God, nobody's tried to kill me, you know. Nobody's put a vendetta out for my life. Um, David wasn't, that wasn't him. They were after him. And he says here, and I just find it so puzzling. But he says, in the midst of all that, he says, for God alone. For God alone. He says, my faith, my exclusive trust is in you, God. It's not in my gifts. It's not in my position. It's not in my abilities. It's not in the people I love, the job I'm honored to do. It's not in my responsibilities I'm trusted with. My total and exclusive trust is in God alone. I want to ask you guys a question this morning. What do your current pursuits say you believe is the source of your salvation? What do your current pursuits say you believe is a source of your salvation? He goes on to say exclusive, God alone, to the next part. My soul waits, waits. Soul, you heard a few months ago, Pastor Glenn preached about the difference between spirit, soul, and body, and he said that we have a soul it's a makeup of our mind, will, and emotions. So David is saying, my mind waits. My will waits and my emotions wait. A good word would be, um, instead of wait, it surrenders. My mind surrenders to God alone. My will surrenders to God alone. My emotions, how I'm feeling, that those anxious thoughts, they surrender. They submit themselves to God alone. And the last part he says here, in silence. That's hard for me. When I was pastoring in Minneapolis, um, our worship pastor said, Lance, do you want to go on a silent prayer retreat? It sounded what a pastor should probably say yes to. But inside, I was like, no! But we went to Pachaman Terrace. We had a meal together. They packed up little baskets for everybody with bread and some other staples. When you're gluten intolerant, it wasn't too exciting. Loaf of bread and an orange. Only was able to eat the orange. And they set us off. They um, took us out in the dark just before hunting season, Matt, the night before the um, hunting opener. They took us out. They dropped us off in these little cabins that had a bed and a porch 
screened in, and nothing. And I was like, where's the bathroom? It's in that outhouse out there. Okay, I guess I'm not going to be going out there tonight. I'll wait till tomorrow. <laughs> and I just, I struggled. Because how many know that it can be quiet out here, but it can be noisy in here? And that's what I was afraid of. I was afraid of being alone with here. How many are feeling me this morning? You know what I'm talking about. And so I found myself sleeping in. Um, I found myself reading and just reading the word, but thinking about other things. At the same time, I found myself thinking, when is this over? Kind of counting time. Found myself going back to sleep. Then I went and I walked around and listened to the gunshots. Outside. Came back in, sat down, started to meditate upon the word and just be silent and found that my mind, as I focused it, as I centered it upon what I was reading in the word and the promises that um, I've stood on in the past, that my mind became silent. And I began to think upon God's thoughts and God's feelings and God's feelings about me, God's feelings about the church I was leading, God's feelings about um, my family. And then I could hear God speak to me in those moments. Some of the things that God spoke to me then, then I've journaled, I've kept that journal because it was just an um, overcoming weekend for me to just embrace the silence. But the one thing I learned about that is that, you know, we can sit in silence and hear our own thoughts, or we can sit there silently and empty our mind as we center it upon the Lord's word. Does that make sense? I think sometimes, I was telling Dan this last night, even when we pray with people over on the side, you know, we're so used to just activity and noise that the natural thing to do is like if you came up and you said this is going on in my life and you begin to share um, the things that you're going through, the natural to not make you feel uncomfortable is to begin to pray right away that God would rescue you from that situation. But sometimes the best thing that we could do in that moment is to be silent and stand there and wait and ask God, God, we're just going to wait before you. How do you want me to pray in response to what I just heard? Isn't that good? Instead of just sitting down with your Bible and just giving your to-do list to God, how about meditating? Oh, God, you know, God's been showing me I can preach. I cannot pre I did not preach, but I can pray Psalm 62. For God alone, Lance's soul waits in silence. God alone, um, God is Lance's refuge. God, God is Lance's fortress, personalizing scripture. There's times where I'm anxious um, and going to bed, and there's something happened during the day. You know, it's like I want to call that person. I want to make it right. I can't. It's too late. Or, you know, I just want to fix this. I want to take control of it. You know, I want to jump in there and do something about it. And um, it's just, it's impossible at the moment. And I'm like, I just can't sleep. And Lisa's like, you have to sleep because I have to sleep, you know. And um, I'm sitting there, and 
I'll put on worship. I'll open the word. And it says, God, you said in your word, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon thee. God, you promised to give your beloved sleep. And I'll just feel my blood pressure come down. My heart that's beating a mile, million miles per hour begin to settle. And I'll just find myself falling asleep, relaxed, and waking up refreshed in God's word. So let me put all this together. For God alone, exclusive trust in our Heavenly Father. My soul waits, surrender, submission to him in silence. God, what do you want to speak? I'm here. I'm listening. Spirit, speak. What part of the verse do you find most difficult? Is it the waiting part? Is it the in silence part? Or is it in the for God alone part? I'm going to have um, Judah come. We're going to close with good, good father. And then after we just reflect upon the message for a moment, we're going to all come back together and give you instructions of our 21 days kickoff.
we didn't have each other's notes. We didn't even know what Judah was going to close with, but it's just funny that the verses lined it all up. He's a good father. Starts there. Matt said he knows. He knows. He's making all things new because he's good. Amen. Matt, I liked what you shared when we were talking about this, and I thought it would be good for everyone to hear this morning. You said this isn't just for... This isn't for the church. This isn't for NBC. You said prayer and fasting, but you said how it will affect our church. Can you share that? Yeah, I just think it's easy for us to turn this into a drive-back guilt trip. Come on, people. We're fasting. You fast. You go to this church, and I don't want that. We don't want that. Nobody wants that. This is an opportunity. So it's an invitation. It's an invitation to say, come join us. Not because we think we know, but because in here, the Bible says it's true. Some things only change by prayer and fasting. Daniel and his boys ate lettuce, and they were stronger. If you read the book of Daniel, so this isn't just like the flavor of the day church gimmick. This is like in the word. And historically, it has started with one or two people. And so I'm excited to see what happens in my life and what happens in Lance's life and Judah's and Dan's and Glenn's and Allison's and Danny's all the way through here. Because everybody's important. Everybody matters. My dad used to say, quit trying to be a hero when we're lifting something. My, I got my big brother right there. I'm trying to pick it up by myself. And he said, quit trying to be a hero. Your brother's there to help you. That's what this is about. Corporate fasting is let's just pull together. We're all going to do it. We're going to help each other. And there's strength when we do it together. If you can grab your insert, and there's an insert within your insert. Call it, see, Scriptures. Dan's going to go over this and why we put it together this way for each of the days and how we can use this. Yeah, this, uh, this insert, you'll see it day by day, a prayer topic. Our sister Kristen Hansen brought this to our attention. It's from the IF Gathering, which is a ministry of discipleship for women. It's all, its focus truly is discipleship. And each one of these prayer topics that we're going to ask us all to pray through day by day by day through this prayer and fasting time, that's, you're not limited by this, but this is a great place to begin. But you'll see each one, I'll just share a couple of them with you. January 6th, tomorrow, humility. Father, we come to you acknowledging that humility does not come naturally to us. By nature, we are a proud, stubborn people and too often concerned only with our own needs. Teach us the ways of humility so perfectly modeled by your Son. And it goes on. Notice uh, this is not praying for humility for my neighbor. Right? How about... Uh, hunger for God's word. Next page, January 10th. Father, we confess that too often we take care, take your word for granted 
We live in a time when we can access the scriptures on demand through the internet, on apps, on our phones, on the Bible, multiple Bible versions on our bookcases. Help us never to take for granted how profoundly accessible your word is to us. That Bible shouldn't get dusty on the shelf like mine did for 25 years or what it was, 30 years before I came to Christ. I like this one here on the on the very back, January 22nd. Pray to do justice and mercy. We've we've prayed and participated in in na- worldwide justice outreaches outreaches for justice. But look at where this begins. Lord, you are the bringer of both justice and mercy. You despise favoritism, greed, and unjust scales. Give us your holy tolerance, intolerance for injustice and empower us to deliver justice to the vulnerable and provision for the poor. Look, this whole prayer and fasting thing, it's really, it begins, as Matt said, starting us out here, it's just one. It's just me. It's you and God. But we're going to do this together in partnership and pray through this, every these things every day as a beginning to see life change in our own heart. On the back of the guide here, um, starting this week, we have put together some prayer groups. This is not all inclusive. There might be a a person or a couple or individual who said, you know what, I want to open my home and host one. Or maybe you want to put out an invitation for people to meet you in the public square, you know, at a coffee shop, meeting room, conference room. Maybe you live in a complex that has one of those activity rooms that you could set aside and invite people to. But so far, the people that we've heard from, the groups that we put together are listed here. Starting on Sundays, um, I'm going to have Matt to share where and when this is going to happen. Yeah, it already started. We start at 9 a.m. This morning we prayed down in the tennis courts, the racquetball courts. So if you want to join for that, we'd love for you to come. Um, It may be hard to travel during the week, but it may be less hard to come to church 45 minutes early. So that's the first one. And then on Wednesdays, our youth meet, and they're going to be participating in the prayer and fasting over at the team center, um, located on Junction Road across from Outback in the shopping center there. We've got a growing group of youth, um, 12, 14 kids. Really a lot of momentum happening there, so we're just excited that they're joining with us. But at Yola's Cafe, the cafe that my wife and I own at the bottom of the hill, we're going to open the cafe from 7 to 8 p.m. and invite anyone that wants to come. It's a good time for the parents of the youth who may be traveling from the east side over the west side, and you're like, you know, I'm tired of going to Target every time or Costco or whatever. You can come on over and join us at Yola's and pray from 7 to 8 p.m., and then we'll dismiss, and you can go and grab your kids. And then Thursdays, what's going to happen on Thursdays? Thursdays we're going to be at the McCarthy's home. Robin and I will be opening our home. We're down at the end of High Point and Midtown, right in that area. So come join us, 7 to 8, and we'll be praying together. And then I think I saw Anna. Anna's back in the back there. Anna Bartz and her husband Justin just bought a home, and they're opening that home out in Sun Prairie for those that are on the east side from 6.30 to 7.30 on Thursdays as well. And then back over at the team center on Wednesday morning, um, Matt's going to be leading a 615 to 715 group. And then Janelle, 
Janelle's sitting over here. Raise her hand there. On Monday nights for women out in Wanakee. So as you can see, we've got regional prayer groups all over the city. That one's from 7 to 8. Everybody's email addresses are listed here. And then the youth that I just mentioned. Can we stand together? We want to pray um, as we kick off this 21 days of prayer and fasting. We want to pray that God speaks to you and your heart. And then we're going to close and ask you to go back and sign up for one of those regional prayer groups and be a part of that. And if you want, like I said, to make yourself available to pray somewhere, please let us know and we'll add you to the list. One more thing before Lance closes this off. We've been talking a lot about posture in our home. And, and one of the things that we think matters is if you're physically able to get on your knees and show that you're willing to humble yourself before the Lord with your body, that's a good thing. This like, like, not legalistically, but just like with your kids, with your wife, with your husband, get on your knees and physically show the Lord that you're humble before him. I think that stuff matters. I think that's the beginning of showing you're willing to be broken. And, and I think everything matters. And another disclaimer on the extreme end, if you are thinking about an, a water fast, and there's like, you, you got to get medical clearance for this stuff, people. Like, like so we're, we're inviting you into this fast. And, but if you're not sure or anything like that, you know, you can ask us, talk to your doctors, all that kind of thing. But we just want to make this a conversation and pull you in and make the best of this. So thank you, Lance. And as Matt said earlier, there's information on the website. Bill Bright from Crew has some awesome resources on fasting. Click on those links under the 21-day prayer and fasting link. You will see those. Um, how to lead a prayer group meeting. We're not asking you to pray for two hours in your home or pray all night and nobody can talk to each other. If you want to have people over for dessert and spend time in prayer, if you want to have people over and pray for 15 minutes and hang out, we just want you to pray. And so that's it. That's it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you've put this on our heart, Lord, to kick off this new year, seeking your heart for our lives, Lord, for our family, for our workplaces, Lord, for our city, for our nation. Father, collectively, as we do that, because we're each the body of Christ, we're part of the body, we're, we're going to collectively and corporately impact our church. We thank you, Lord, and we pray your blessing upon it. We pray, Lord, that everyone... Lord, we grasp and hang on to this in some way and put it into practice. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. See you next Sunday. Don't forget to sign up in the back if God leads you to do that.